Hey guys, you are tuned to the Nudge Health Podcast and I'm your host, Christine Dirito. Welcome to another episode of the Breastfeeding Series. And my guest today is Angela. And Angela is a nutritionist and she works in a newborn unit where she sees uh, neonates or babies who are newborns. So I will let her introduce herself and tell us more. And please do stay tuned and learn as much as you can on issues to do, for example, um, is there a, a reason why somebody would be asked not to breastfeed, especially given that breastfeeding is considered the best nutrition? It's actually expected that every mother breastfeeds her child. Hmm? So for this and more, stay tuned, listen to the very end and learn. Hi, Angela. Hey. How are you? I'm fine. Okay. Yes. All right. So, welcome to the Nudge Health Podcast. Okay. Thank you so much for honoring my invitation. Thank you too for having me. Yeah. Maybe you can start by telling us who you are. Who am I? So, my name is Angela Anyango Billy. Mm-hmm. I'm a certified clinical nutritionist with more than okay. five years working experience and uh, okay. over three years working in the newborn unit. Okay. I'm really passionate about nutrition and especially on pediatrics. Mm-hmm. I'm a wife, I'm a mother, and I'm also mm-hmm. a mentor. Yes. Hi. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Who do you mentor and what do you mentor them about? Also, I have uh, students, students okay. on attachment, students on internship, fellow mm. colleagues, mm. and also the whole county at large, fellow nutritionists in the county. And by county, mm-hmm. I mean Kakamega County. Okay. Yes. Ah, nice. Mm-hmm. So you said you are in the, you, you deal with neonates. Yes, I deal with new needs, the newborns. Okay. Yes. Let's talk about them and breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. What are some of the interesting things that happen in the in the units? Okay. As far as breastfeeding goes, like what is your typical day like? Mm-hmm. So basically in the unit, we have, uh, as I've said, the newborns, the new needs. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. could be the pre- premature newborns, the preterms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could be the low birth weight infants. Mm-hmm. And also we admit the sick, sick mm-hmm. babies. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I basically offer nutrition support mm-hmm. in terms of maybe breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. For the mothers who are breastfeeding, we have mm-hmm. mothers who are expressing their breast milk. Mm-hmm. And we also have mothers who need support in terms of nutrition. Maybe they mm-hmm. don't have the enough or adequate supply of breast milk. So mm-hmm. as a nutritionist, that's where you mm-hmm. come in and help mm-hmm. in support to ensure the milk supply. Or mm-hmm. what next, if at all the milk supply is still little. We also mm-hmm. do parenteral nutrition and also enteral mm-hmm. nutrition mm-hmm. for our new needs in the unit. Maybe you can, for the sake of the audience, you can say what parenteral nutrition is and enteral nutrition is. Okay, so basically enteral nutrition, this is where we offer nutrition in terms of uh, enterally. Mm-hmm. Uh so we offer nutrition orally. It could be mm-hmm. via the mouth yeah. or uh, through the nasogastric or orogastric. It bypasses the mouth. Mm-hmm. And here we, we use the milk. Mm-hmm. Or as I've said, if medically indicated, there are other options that we use to give the babies okay. to deliver nutrition or nutrients. Okay. And then mm-hmm. parenterally, basically it's outside the digestive tract where we use the the veins. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. deliver nutrition through the veins. 
mm-hmm. using the parenteral feeds. Okay. Which are usually uh, prepared, um, should I say they're like, quote-unquote, like drugs. Yes. Yes. It's a therapeutic kind of uh, kind of nutrition. Yeah, like nu- providing liquid nutrients. Yes. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. So you mentioned that uh, in this, um, so in the newborn unit, you also do, you support, for example, mothers who are having challenges in breastfeeding. Yeah. Uh, so what does this support sort of look like? Okay, so maybe if we can understand eh, why mm-hmm. why breastfeeding, because someone would ask, ah, if at all there's no breast milk, you just use the other option. But sure that. Uh, exactly. So breastfeeding is very important mm-hmm. for not only the child but also the mother, and mm-hmm. it extends to the family as well as the society at large. So basically, mm-hmm. if you can define breastfeeding, it's just offering or giving breast milk direct from your from the mother's breast to the mm-hmm. baby. Okay. Yeah, so why we normally emphasize on breastfeeding um, mm-hmm. as much as we are the, maybe the baby is sick or the baby is in the unit, the baby is premature. Mm-hmm. It's because this breast milk helps in reducing mortality. Mm-hmm. And it also reduces the infectious morbidity, like uh, whereby the white cells in the mother's uh, milk, the antibodies, mm-hmm. they help mm-hmm. to protect the baby mm-hmm. through the breast milk that the baby is suckling. Yeah. And it also helps to in gastrointestinal mm-hmm. development, whereby okay. the breast milk is easily digestible compared mm-hmm. maybe to other options of feeding. Yeah. So as much as these babies are in the unit, we need to mm-hmm. encourage the mothers to mm-hmm. be able to breastfeed. It also helps in improving the immune system and reduce mm-hmm. the risk of infection. So this, on the other hand, will help in reducing the hospitalization of the child. Mm-hmm. Or if at all the baby is already in the hospital, it will help in reducing the hospital stay. Yeah. So that's where I come in as a nutritionist mm-hmm. and ensure that the mother, as much as the mother is in the ward mm-hmm. or in the hospital, mm-hmm. she's able to produce milk or she's able to breastfeed the child who's undergoing treatment. Yeah. Yes. So some of the benefits also to the mother, mm-hmm. there's the benefit of breastfeeding to the mother, mm-hmm. whereby it helps in reducing the post-delivery bleeding, okay. hence reducing the risk of anemia. Mm-hmm. This uh, majorly achieved through the release of oxytocin, mm-hmm. which is a hormone yeah. found in the mother's body mm-hmm. that helps the uterus return to pre-pregnancy size. Mm-hmm. And also, as it does this, it helps in reducing the uterine bleeding after birth. Okay. So hence, lowering the risk of anemia mm. for the mother. All right. It also, studies have shown that breastfeeding mm-hmm. helps in lowering the risk of breast and ovarian cancer. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So, uh, so breast milk is normally the best option for babies. Yes. And ideally, every mother should breastfeed, right? Yes. But do we have mothers who shouldn't breastfeed? Um. Yes. Uh-huh. So as you say, yes, all mothers are encouraged to exclusively breastfeed their children for the first six months of life. Yeah. And then continue breastfeeding up to two years. Mm-hmm. And uh, however, we mm-hmm. have maybe a category not really to categorize them, but yes, we have others 
who are advised not to breastfeed mm-hmm. medically most mm-hmm. of the time it's usually medically mm-hmm. and in most instances is because maybe there are certain medications or treatment yeah. that uh, might be passed to the baby mm-hmm. as they take the drugs mm-hmm. though the amounts are very small and mm-hmm. depends on the type and dose of the drug yeah. it's still not advisable okay. so it's it's uh, it's mostly advised by the doctors or clinically mm-hmm. not for someone just to opt not to breastfeed and then we also have some instances where a mother has a certain breast condition mm-hmm. let's say maybe breast cancer mm-hmm. or even an infective uh, mastitis mm-hmm. whereby maybe the breast is removing pus or even blood definitely you can't breastfeed a baby or such a breast okay so these are the major categories who are not or should not be allowed to breastfeed so to protect the child but once it's resolved we normally encourage them to when it's safe we normally encourage them to breastfeed breastfeeding yeah okay mm. so in your experience have you had mm. cases of uh, attending to teen moms Mm-hmm. And are there like specific challenges that come about breastfeeding with teen moms? Yes, so we have uh, um, quite a number of teen moms, mm-hmm. especially during this era of, during that era or this era of COVID yeah. when we had the lockdown, mm-hmm. we had a lot of uh, teen moms, mm-hmm. and uh, to be honest, it was a bit challenging because you would get maybe I, as low. 13 year old having delivered 13 years and yes 13 year old wow actually we yeah 13 year old uh-huh. having delivered she's there she's a mom her herself she's for a lack of a better word she's a child a child exactly yes and she comes to you you're there you have to encourage her to breastfeed mm-hmm. is shy to even maybe expose her chest mm. uh, for you to be able to maybe attach the baby on the breast yeah. or help her express the breast milk mm-hmm. so it was a whole um, concussion of emotions for yeah. the moms yeah and also for us as or me as a healthcare worker mm-hmm. as much as i wanted to assist the mother but in one way or another, mm-hmm. you have to help the mother to be able to establish breastfeeding yeah. so as to protect the child. Yeah. Yes, because remember, as uh, since she's given birth, the breast milk just comes out. Mm-hmm. The breast milk, yeah. So it has to be given to the baby. Yeah. There's no other option. Yes. And are there specific challenges that are, besides now, a child having a child and the emotion, uh, like the how overwhelming that can be? Yeah. So because of their development, do we have challenges mm-hmm. in the sense of like maybe there isn't enough milk uh, production or milk flow or like maybe issues to do with breasts? Are the breasts underdeveloped such that it becomes a challenge to even latch the baby? Are there specific uh, challenges that are completely because of them being uh, teenagers? So not really in terms of uh, breast milk and uh, development of the breast, Mm -hmm. but maybe for such populations, Mm -hmm. you will tend to find that they tend to have uh, uh, the low birth weight infants, Mm -hmm. majority of the low birth weight infants, Mm -hmm. as well as the the premature infants. Okay. Yeah, so with that, you go with the feeding guidelines for such, Mm -hmm. the premature and the low birth weight infants, Mm -hmm. which is majorly dependent on the weight and the gestational age of the the baby. Because for such populations or for such babies, they will mostly land in the newborn unit until they achieve the targeted ways to be able to be left to go home. Yes. So various interventions have to come into play. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, we start with yeah the expressing of breast milk mm. and giving maybe via the nasogastric or 
orogastric tube mm-hmm. as the baby advances we go to maybe the cup feeding mm-hmm. as she ad- as the baby advances as well we go maybe to breastfeeding and once it's established and the mother is able to breastfeed mm-hmm. or to initiate a feed and the baby is able to suckle yeah. and retain mm-hmm. they are discharged home so by the time they are leaving the baby is breastfeeding okay yes Wow, that is quite the task and it is really, really unfortunate that wow, this whole, the teenage pregnancies and how they have just skyrocketed, it is really, really sad. It is, especially during that time of COVID Mm -hmm. and then being the setup, maybe the rural setup, not being a city, so you can imagine. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about uh, mothers living with HIV. Yes, yes. Such mothers can breastfeed mm-hmm. without without infecting their child. Yes. How is this possible? Yeah. So, um, in terms of uh, feeding mm-hmm. or maternal, infant, and young child feeding, mm-hmm. uh, in the context of HIV, we have that policy as a country. Yes. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the recent one is the 2019 one. Mm-hmm. So we encourage the mothers who are HIV positive, mm-hmm. yes, to breastfeed exclusively yes. for the first six months, mm-hmm. so long as the mother is on an antiretroviral therapy, yeah. ART, sorry. Yes, yes. The mother should be on, yes, or should be on ART, mm-hmm. yes. And then the infant? The infant should be on uh, prophylaxis. Yes, and prophylaxis are basically preventive yes. therapy, preventive antiretroviral exactly. therapy. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. So during this time, mm. the mother can be able to breastfeed, and then as a nutritionist, you come in and discourage the mixed feeding because yes. this will increase the chances of be- the baby contracting the virus. And maybe you so can the just, mother uh, yeah. breastfeeds exclusively for the uh, the first six months. Yes, and then once the baby achieves the six months, mm-hmm. it's prudent that they come back to the facility. Yeah, able to get advice uh, in terms of nutrition mm-hmm. on how to achieve the complementary feeding. Yes, so they can continue mm-hmm. from six months. Mm-hmm. They can continue breastfeeding. Remember, still the mother is on. Uh, the therapy, the yes. ART, mm-hmm. and the baby continues with the prophylaxis mm-hmm. up to six six, six weeks mm-hmm. after cessation of breastfeeding. Yes. So the yeah, so the prophylaxis for the baby continues. Mm-hmm. So at the event that there you you query the adherence to medication mm-hmm. for maybe both the mother and the baby, mm-hmm. then you should uh, involve. Maybe the doctor or the clinical officers to see how to go about in terms of um, maybe stopping the feeding. Because remember, the chances uh, of getting the virus increases if at all the the adherence is not good, and, and this... also if at all the load for the mother yes. is on an upscale. Yeah. Yes. So as long as your viral load is high, then you increase the yeah. chances of transmitting the virus. And maybe just to, to exactly. explain what, what we mean to by mixed baby. feeding, it is where yeah. you are giving something else besides breast milk for the first six months. Exactly. So that's mixed feeding. Yes. Yes. And then complementary, mm-hmm. uh, it comes in after six months. Because yes. remember, you want to complement the breast milk because mm. it's sufficient to provide the nutrients yeah to the yes and also we need to add that even water counts as mixed feeding as long as it is given exactly. below six months exactly most of the time people ask uh, does water count or uh, machinani you will hear someone say i gave uh, water and glucose or water and salt mm-hmm. yes it still counts as uh, something else or a food rather other than breast Breast milk milk. and it will still be considered to be an um, a risk factor Mm. to the baby okay and also formula Mm -hmm. counts as well Uh aha yes when you give that below six months exactly 
Okay, so exclusive breastfeeding is purely giving only breast milk for the first six months. Yes. All right, I hope that is clear for everybody. <laughs> it should be clear for them. Okay, so let's talk to first time moms. Yes. How do you establish breastfeeding? Yeah, so to, uh, how we establish breastfeeding, it starts from the time the mother comes to the facility, mm-hmm. maybe to to deliver the baby. Yeah. It can be vaginally or through a section. Mm-hmm. And during this time, after delivery, mm-hmm. the healthcare worker mm-hmm. puts the baby skin to skin mm-hmm. with the with the mother. Yeah. It should be immediate and in and uninterrupted. Mm-hmm. But what this basically does, it uh, establishes the natural rooting reflex that helps to imprint the behavior of looking for the breast and suckling for the baby. Okay. And once it's established, you're sure that the process of suckling or latching and all that for mm-hmm. the baby will be as smooth Mm -hmm. but someone would ask if at all i've been done for cesarean section does this still apply yes it does Mm -hmm. once the mother is stable and aware of the surrounding Mm -hmm. the baby is able to be put skin to skin but remember Mm -hmm. skin to skin has to be within the first hour after delivery yeah that's when it's established but for cesarean section, yes, sometimes it can be within the first hour, but it can extend further. Mm-hmm. So we have to, as healthcare workers, make sure that we encourage this practice so that we don't have uh, cases whereby mothers come to you, mtotoangu hafani nini hanyoni. Yes. And this applies to premature and low birth and sick babies. Okay, so in terms of premature and uh, maybe low birth weight mm-hmm. baby or sick babies, mm-hmm. it may not count. Yeah, because remember think... the first thing you're looking at is yeah. to stabilize the baby. True. And then for uh, the low birth weight infants, it depends. For a baby uh, 1.5, mm-hmm. you can establish breastfeeding. Okay. Some facilities do. It also depends on the guidelines of. Uh, Maybe a facility, but the uh, general mm-hmm. below 1.5, they're able to put as they transfer the baby to the newborn unit or the nursery. Yeah. But for sick babies, you have to stabilize the baby. For premature babies, you have to stabilize the baby first. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then now establish the contact once they are stable. Exactly. All right. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So as soon as the baby has been uh, put on the breast, Yes. I've seen videos. I have never been into a into a delivery room. Like <laughs> I didn't have the courage to do that when we were doing our internships. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I've seen videos where babies find the breast themselves. Yes. So also I've I've uh, been okay. I've been I've had the privilege of being in the delivery room. Uh huh. I think there's one instance, yeah, I was able to see the baby was put mm-hmm. um, just above the ad- uh, abdomen in between the breasts mm-hmm. and uh, the baby was able to, to find, as as you say, was able to find the breast on, on their own because mm-hmm. you, you're told not to assist and put the baby directly. Mm-hmm. So why they're able to do this mm-hmm. is because when, once they come out, mm-hmm. you should not dry them especially on the um, chest area because okay. it helps them now move upward mm-hmm. to the mother's breast as well as you shouldn't wipe their hands because okay. the smell mm-hmm. same as the, that of breast milk. So it guides them to the, to ah, the breast. Okay. Uh, so that's the science that uh, it's explained. All right. So they are able to to attach on their own due mm-hmm. to the smell left on their hands. Okay. Yes, of the fluid left on their hands. All right. Yeah. So generally, you're supposed to breastfeed as often or as the baby demands. Yes. So how do you know when the baby is full? 
Okay. So, as you say, you, you, you're supposed to breastfeed uh, on demand and all that. So, basically, that's around 8 to 12 feeds, each lasting 30 to 40 minutes. Okay. However, the number may differ for each baby mm-hmm. based on the growth parts and metabolism, mm-hmm. among other things. Mm-hmm. So, what we normally say that you should let your baby feed until they're satisfied. Okay. And how would you know they're hungry? So, first thing, you would see them um, imitating sucking motions or licking their lips, mm-hmm. trying to fold their breasts. Mm-hmm. And then they put some, put their hands, hands in their mouth. Yeah. And then others, when you pick them up, they burst into excitement mm-hmm. of seeing you. Mm-hmm. And then they just turn towards the breast okay. once you pick them up. Mm-hmm. So some would, uh, one would say, and when they cry. Mm-hmm. So crying is a late sign of hunger. hunger. They've okay. done all this. Ah. You have not. <laughs> so they cry. And remember, attaching a crying baby to the breast to breastfeed, mm-hmm. it's a whole other job. Yeah. So you shouldn't let your baby cry or you shouldn't leave your baby to cry. That's mm-hmm. when you put them on the breast. So once you see these signs, uh, sucking motion, sucking their lips, mm-hmm. trying to find their breast, sucking mm-hmm. their hands, sucking mm-hmm. their mouth, you should be able to put your baby on the breast. So those those are what we call the hunger cues. You should watch out for the hunger cues. Okay. Uh, and then once uh, you breastfeed the baby, how would you know they are full? They let go of the breast rather than you limiting the session. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yes. Okay, so let's talk about the, the, the babies who are still in the, in the newborn unit. Okay. So, so do they express similar cues or do you have like yes. timed uh-huh. feeding? Okay, so for the babies in the newborn unit, they express the similar cues. Mm-hmm. But uh, there, remember you're dealing with a baby maybe who's sick, yeah. who's uh, premature depending on the gestation. Mm-hmm. And then the low birth weight infants as well. Yeah. So until the, for the low birth weights and the premature babies and also the sick babies, until they achieve that level of stability, Mm -hmm. you will feed according to the timings. Normally we do the three hourly feeds or the two hourly feeds, Mm -hmm. depending on the treatment that the baby is undergoing. But uh, for a stable baby, Mm -hmm. it's estimated that the previous feed has already been digested after the three hours. Yeah. We feed the award. Okay. Yes. Nice. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. So a lot of working moms, currently majority of the people are following the the act that, you know, requires that you're given three months maternity leave. Okay. Uh, so now, when a mother has to go back to work after three months, then that means they have to think about the continuity of uh, of their breastfeeding, yes. Yeah. So when should one start expressing milk? Because, I mean, if you're going to go back to work, the only way for you to ensure that you continue providing the breast milk is by expressing. Yes. So how soon should you, or how early should you start expressing? Okay. So in terms of expressing, this uh, basically means uh, squeezing milk out of your breast so that you can store it or feed it to your baby later on. Yes. It should be done as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why why is this? Because you need to increase your milk supply. Yeah. And for you to be able to do this, you have to start early. Mm -hmm. So you need to express regularly, say, maybe two hours during the day or once during the night, Mm -hmm. depending on uh, how your schedule is Mm -hmm. or if the baby is not breastfeeding at the moment. Because remember, we have mothers who have a lot of milk. So to prevent the engorgement, Mm -hmm. once the baby has breastfed and there's still enough to be able to be expressed, you can express at that point in time. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then so that by the time you're going back to work, you, you've learned the act of maybe expressing and storing and all that. Yeah. So 
ideally when you go back to work you need to you think of it as replacing your baby's normal mm-hmm. breastfeed during the time or period that you are at work yeah but uh, if at all you're in an organization which has uh, maybe a crèche or it's baby friendly you mm-hmm. can be able to bring your your baby to work mm-hmm. and breastfeed as normal yeah so testing should be done as soon as possible mm-hmm. uh, to uh, one to prevent engorgement and also to start early to prepare for the time that you'll be going back back to work yeah so what are the safety concerns with expressing milk or how do we ensure quality and safety for this milk that has been expressed mm-hmm. so first of all uh, when you're expressing or when you want to express Mm-hmm. you should ensure that your environment is uh, clean mm-hmm. you should be able to have running water mm-hmm. uh, um, soap and all that the bowls the containers mm-hmm. that you are going to express uh, in yeah and uh, when have your pump mm-hmm. we have the we have the or the manual electric one. or manual one yes yeah but that doesn't mean you can't express uh, if you don't have the pumps remember you can use your hand yeah true yes, so you can use your hand as well mm-hmm. so first thing you should ensure your environment is clean and you wash your hands before expressing then the containers that are going to be used for storage mm-hmm. uh normally they they recommend the PPA free containers yeah that name is is long basophenol a yeah free containers yes for for storing the breast milk i think they are found in the supermarkets and they indicated yes that they are free or even so the baby shops ones, yeah Yes, yes. I'm saying they're also in the baby shops. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then there are the uh, special bags designed for milk collection and storage. Yes. So once you've expressed, you have to think about storage. Mm-hmm. You need to label each container with the date you expressed the breast milk. Yeah. And the time. Mm-hmm. And then if at all you have a fridge or a freezer uh, you should be able to place the container at the back of the refrigerator mm-hmm. or the freezer where the temperature is the coolest yes for those the fridge but doesn't mean if you if you don't have a fridge you cannot uh, have your breast milk stay for a certain period of time mm-hmm. uh, you can have it six to eight hours at room temperature yeah So by the time you're expressing, if at all you're coming back for lunch mm. or later on in the day, so you just write the date and the time so that you know if at all it's still viable mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And maybe just to add that if you are going to, the reason why you put them at the back where it's coolest completely is because yeah. you don't want to interfere with the temperatures, especially when you keep opening the freezer door. Exactly. If it is at the very front then you are likely to interfere with the temperatures. Exactly. Okay, so how long is milk that is frozen safe? Yeah, so frozen milk um depending on um as I'd said, mm-hmm. uh it in terms of room temperature six, it can stay 6 to 8 hours yeah. uh insulated thermal bag maybe up to 24 hours mm-hmm. in a refrigerator the normal refrigerator can stay up to five days mm-hmm. and then in a freezer compartment inside a refrigerator up to two weeks uh, in a combined refrigerator and a freezer with separate doors it can stay three to six months because mm. uh, I get questions like can you store the breast milk for six months really yes you can yeah yes you can so frozen milk uh for how long is it safe remember for you to be able or for the baby to be able to consume it mm-hmm. it has to be removed from from the freezer yeah at the moment you remove it from the freezer you have to put it at the refrigerator compartment mm-hmm. overnight yes. or for up to 12 hours mm-hmm. 
and then once you remove it to be able to give the baby you have to place it under running water mm. and treat, until it reaches the um, around body temperature yeah uh, so for mothers we tell them to test at the back of the um, hands what and yeah. to see that it's not too hot or too cold for the baby so ensure as you're warming it in running water you swirl it to to be able to mix it so that each and every uh, part of the breast milk is warmed mm-hmm. and then you should use the milk 1 to 2 hours mm-hmm. then discard the pre-warmed so uh, so it's viable for 2 hours so after. angela angela before you continue to the warming i want to go back to the part where we talked about uh, throwing the the breast milk Yes, yes, yes. So we, we know a lot of people they remove frozen things and put them in the sink or put them in a wat in water. Yeah, uh, yeah. And maybe you can just explain like why is this discouraged? Mhm. Yeah, and especially as far as milk is concerned, which is basically just with every food. Like the ideal situation is remove the food from the freezer. Like if you're planning to use it tomorrow, remove from the freezer and put in the refrigerator so that it thaws while it is still refrigerated as opposed to putting it at room temperature so why is this necessary so this one is basically just to limit the growth of bacteria exactly yeah mm. to limit the growth of bacteria and then you don't want it to uh, as you say some put it there some also put it in the microwave maybe yeah i don't know Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So, and the yes. room temperature is bad temperature because it is a temperature where uh, what do you call them? Ba- micro bacteria grow. But, yeah. Yes, so that's basically the point. That's why you don't want to defrost things while they are at room temperature. Yes. Yes, and, and especially breast milk. <laughs> yes, and especially breast milk. Yeah. And this also we, we shouldn't be microwaving baby's milk. Yeah. The breast milk. Yes. Yes, because there can be that and even heating and those what do they call them? The hot hot spots. Yes. Yeah, like so some, some places may be too hot or mm-hmm. others too cold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so you can continue with the ideal the ideal way of warming the baby's milk, yes. Oh, okay. So as I said, the you running you are running put, we're running hot water yeah. or putting it in a hot yes. water bath and swirling it. Yeah, so as to ensure even mixing. Yeah. Yeah, and then you're supposed to use the milk within two hours, mm-hmm. then discard the pre-warmed. Okay. So this basically emphasizes on the fact that as you're doing your storage, mm-hmm. maybe to take us back, mm-hmm. you store it in quantities that the baby consumes at one feed yeah. and is able to finish mm-hmm. so that you don't waste it. Yes. You don't waste your milk. That's true. Mhm. Mhm. Also, why are we discarding after 2 hours? Basically for the same reason mm. that uh, remember you've uh, microorganisms or the bacteria thrive in uh, warm environments. Yeah. So if you give it back the the, the bacteria could have multiplied mm. and uh, you might not see the bacteria with naked eye that's true but the milk becomes it's not viable yeah after two hours yes. it starts the bacteria has already started to grow more mm. yes it normally grows more when the milk is warmed yeah and we need to remember that diarrhea is the most common illness in children Yes, and also very can be fatal. It's not just common, but it can also be fatal. It is fatal. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. uh, as of May, yes, we currently have a ban on feeding bottles and pacifiers. Yeah. So, why have these items been banned? So, yes, in May, twentieth May of this year, yeah. So we have uh, the Breast Milk uh, Substitute Act mm-hmm. of 2012 mm-hmm. which was uh, enacted in yeah. Kenya. Yeah. So what this normally uh, what it does is to effect uh, to the code of breast milk which is an international code. Mm-hmm. 
by providing for the appropriate marketing and distribution of breast milk substitutes mm-hmm. uh, to ensure that they are safe mm-hmm. and adequate. Mm-hmm. So uh, the substitutes includes or the um, the code entails the uh, milk the for, uh, formula yeah. as well as the bottles and teats mm-hmm. and pacifiers. Yeah. So the act. The regulation uh, basically does not prohibit the use of infant formula, mm-hmm. but only regulates the marketing. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of people will come, what if the mothers, maybe the baby does not have a mother. Mm. So it, it majorly um, regulates the marketing because uh, it was found out that uh, manufacturers of the infant formulas uh, have been using a loophole in the law mm. that involves the interaction of healthcare workers mm-hmm. uh, with the, in terms of marketing the substitutes. Mm-hmm. It had to be made clear. Not that the law the the law hasn't been there; it has been there. It's yeah. just been affected. Yes. And then we want to, in terms of bottles and pacifiers, mm-hmm. they pose more risk to the baby mm-hmm. uh, as compared to maybe to to helping the baby mm-hmm. so hence the enactment of this of this law so maybe what harm what harm do the bottles and the pacifiers cause the babies so uh, it is um, seen to increase the rate of infection especially the ear infections mm-hmm. And also, as you've said earlier, cause diarrhea. Why? Because uh, these bottles, remember, you have to clean them every now and then. Yeah. Yes, and also it involves a lot of time and effort mm. when you when you're cleaning this bottle. Mm-hmm. And remember, right now, not everyone has access to maybe running water or clean running water. Mm. Or even the sterilizers and, that I see people using. Exactly, yeah, sterilizers. Yeah. They're costly. Mm. Yeah, so not everyone has access to that. So the hygiene of these bottles, teats, and pacifiers is compromised. Mm-hmm. And then maybe for the teats, they alter the baby's dental uh, formula. Yeah. Yeah. So it affects the, it also affects the mother baby bonding. Okay. Because I will just find the easy way out and maybe use bottle to feed my baby. Or 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 the pacifier so that you don't have to soothe the baby. Yes, exactly. To help the baby maybe fall asleep mm. <laughs> or provide a temporary distraction. Yeah. So maybe if I may ask, why have mothers why have moms become so accustomed to using the feeding bottles? What are the misconceptions or the needs around feeding bottles? So I think most of the mothers have become accustomed for the fact that uh, some of of them find it convenient mm-hmm. and a pain free alternative, okay. especially if the mother has not been told, uh, shown or the breastfeeding positions or how to help the baby latch on the breast correctly. Hence, mm-hmm. the cracked nipples. Mm-hmm. So they see it as a pain-free alternative. Mm-hmm. And then some of them believe that they can be able to provide a frustrated child okay. with immediate uh, gratification ah, of, yeah, of milk flowing at a steady pace. So they, they end up using the feeding bottle to achieve this. Mm-hmm. And then uh, most of them prefer it some because uh, it's shared care, mm-hmm. anyone can feed the baby. Mm-hmm. They don't have to to be there to be, to feed the baby, and they can do so in public. Because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you don't need to whip out your breast uh, wherever you are. You can use the bottle. You can use the bottle, yeah. Yeah, and then some will argue that they keep track of your of their baby's intake. Mm-hmm. Or they are able to see how much milk their baby is getting. Yeah. Yeah, but these are just misconceptions. Yeah. I find that interesting, especially like the thing of measuring uh, the quantities. You want to know the quantity. That's okay. You can measure the quantity, but not necessarily feed with the bottle, because your bottle is basically just to measure. 
Exactly. The other options of uh, maybe administering breast milk other than bottles and teats, because they tend to cause more harm mm-hmm. than good. Yeah. So what are these other ways of feeding uh, an infant? Like what are the alternative techniques for feeding? So the most recommended one is using a cup mm-hmm. and a spoon. Mm-hmm. Or a cup, yeah. Alone. Some use cup, they feed directly from the cup. Some use spoon, but a cup and a spoon is preferred mm. because you're able to clean it easily. Yeah. You'll reach all the corners of that cup, mm. you'll reach all the corners of that spoon. Mm. Yes. So reducing the risk of maybe infections and diarrhea, as you said. And I think we just need to emphasize that babies are really what you train them, yeah? A lot of mothers mm-hmm. have concern of, oh, how will they drink milk with a cup and a, with a cup or with a cup and spoon? Yeah. And it's just uh, it's just practice. It's just yeah. you you teach them to to use a cup, they learn a cup. Yeah. They have no business using yeah. a bottle. Yes, and then uh, when you're feeding using either a cup and a spoon, you let the baby control it. So for you it's you just tilt the cup mm. to touch the upper lip and yeah. then the baby sucks it. Sucks in the milk rather than you pouring because one would say, uh, the baby will choke. Yeah, the baby will only choke if at all you pour the milk in the baby's mouth because he or she is not the one controlling the intake. So you have to let the baby control the intake Mm -hmm. by letting them suck from their spoon or the cup. True. Ah, okay, nice. So we are in the breastfeeding week. Yeah, I was listening to, I think, another podcast. Mm-hmm. They were all talking of the, like, when you hold baby showers. Yeah. In most instances, we just go to maybe gift, uh, give our gifts. Yes. And maybe say one or two things. Maybe, yeah, some say experience, they share their experience. Mm-hmm. But rarely in such forums do we talk to the mother about the importance of good nutrition, good maternal nutrition. Exactly. Really, really. So if at all we can adapt this yeah. and maybe emphasize on nutrition mm. and the importance of also breastfeeding yeah. the baby. Why why do I need to breastfeed the baby? I can give the baby another option. But why? Why should I breastfeed the baby? If at all we can emphasize this and how it helps the baby, mm. then helping the community at large. That's true. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. As nutritionists, we we play a key role mm-hmm. in shaping the good choices. Yeah. This is where maternal nutrition comes in. Mm-hmm. So it we need to be able to improve the nutritional status of our mothers. Yes. And I think, like, yeah, like right now with the way things are, as far as uh, the way the transitions are going in terms of diet and diseases, we are seeing a lot of non-communicable diseases, overweight and obesity. Yes. And breastfeeding plays a very, very big role as far as prevention goes. Exactly. So it has the risk of diabetes. Yeah. For the child and the mother. Yes. Even overweight mm. and obesity. Yes. It helps to exactly prevent that. that. So I think we we need to think about breastfeeding, not just as the, just that primarily, just breastfeeding the baby, but also looking at it from a point of what other things or what other problems would it solve for us Yeah. if we were able to be very consistent and to achieve very good numbers as far as breastfeeding is concerned. Like if you were able to have more mothers who are breastfeeding exclusively and even longer for up to two years. Yeah, because the number, uh, the percentage keeps going down as you progress. Yeah. A lot of people are, maybe they stop breastfeeding at six months. Mm. And then you'll find the number going down to those who are breastfeeding up to two years. Yeah. Remember, it's uh, it's for the good of the baby. If I tell the milk is there, mm. continue with your baby. And we need to normalize that because I think nowadays, in fact, if you have a child who's older than a year or close to two years and you're breastfeeding, almost everybody is looking at you like, "Gosh, why are you still breastfeeding?" Yeah, uh, they tell you, "Oh, you're or this uh, older baby." Yeah, 
well breastfeeding yeah yeah okay so now we have uh we probably have like three minutes because i think you want to prepare before you join the your next class yeah so maybe you can give us a parting shot what is something that you would want to leave the audience with uh, mine is just short breastfeeding is the best option <laughs> from what cast you've seen the the good and the bad side of maybe other options i don't mention names yeah but breastfeeding is the best option for your baby not only now it will it not only helps you and the baby now mm. but it also helps you uh to the years to come both the mother the baby the family yeah the community the society at large because yes. a healthy baby will serve you your family and mm. also the community that's true yes all right thank you so much angela for making time thank you too christine for having me so if people wanted to find you where can they find you oh they can find me on uh instagram mm-hmm. at a mm-hmm. Anyango okay. B. A Anyango yes. B. Yes. All right. Then they can reach me through email at uh, billyanyango uh-huh. at yahoo.com. All right. And then on Facebook, Angela Billy. Okay. Billy with a single L. Okay. All right. Thank you so, so much for creating time. Thank you for having me. And that brings us to the end of this podcast. I really hope you have learned a lot. And if you have found this useful, uh, please share with your friends, share with your family, share with anyone who you feel could benefit from the information that has been shared so kindly by Angela. And um, something else that helps people find this podcast is rating it. So on whatever platform you're listening, please rate the show. Do give us your reviews. And also follow us on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, uh, at the Nudge Health Podcast. And feel free to engage with us and continue giving us feedback so that we know what you find useful and also what you would need to learn more about. And also, stay tuned for what's coming up in the next week. So next week, we talk about a human milk bank. Did you know that we have a bank for breast milk in Kenya? You don't want to miss that show. So until the next episode, take care of yourselves and be good. Mm